Hi, I'm Hallie, and I want to welcome you to the Odd Life Podcast. That's spelled A-W-E-D, which stands for Awake, Well, and Empowered. In this space, you will hear inspirational stories, candid and heartfelt conversations, as well as advice from experts, all with the intention of helping women like you live odd AF. Because I believe the more of us that live awake, well, and empowered, the better this world will be. So thank you for being here and welcome to your odd life. Hey, you guys, welcome to the podcast. I am so thrilled. I get to have a young, beautiful, talented, strong, empowered young woman on the podcast today with you. And her name is Sydney Schneider. She is a friend of my daughter's. I met her because of my daughter's uh, shared experience in college. They both were athletes in college, both part of the same media club. And I've watched this young woman um, blossom in the last four or five years since I've known of her. And I just cannot wait for you to hear her story. She is a photographer for MLB, for the NFL. We're going to get all the things she's part of and what she does. But this young woman is 24 years old and is doing amazing things in the world. And it wasn't something that was handed to her. She worked really hard for this. She's gone through a lot of things. And I just love her story. And I couldn't wait to have her on the podcast. I think she's an amazing inspiration for young girls. And I think this young woman is going to be well-known in sports photography for many, many years to come. She's just a delight. I can't wait for you to meet her. So here's my conversation with photographer, Sydney Schneider. Welcome, Sydney, to the podcast. I am so excited you're here. This is so fun. I finally get you to be on here and uh, and hang with me for a little bit. I want everyone to know who you are. So give us a quick little synopsis of who Sydney Schneider is. Sure. My name is Sydney. I'm 24. Um, I'm from Lincoln, Nebraska. I graduated college in 2021. Went to University of Nebraska, Omaha. I now live in Kansas City. I work for Major League Baseball, the Chiefs. I have my own photography business. I love all things sports. I swam in college. Um, I've always been an athlete. There's a there's a really brief brief couple of things that I guess would describe myself. Yeah. I'm going to tell you all how I know Sydney is that she went to school with my daughter and Avery's been on the podcast. I think she was on episode 10, if I remember correctly. But Avery and Sydney were in a lot of classes together because they both were media communications. And I want to tell you the story. I don't know how I saw you. There was something about you that I think I saw a picture, either Avery had shared something. And I knew instantly that the two of you we're going to connect and be friends. Yep. I'm like, yep. I just knew it. I go, that girl, I I know where our family is supposed to know her. I don't know what yeah. it is. And so in one yeah. of your classes, Avery mentioned your name. Yep. And uh, I'm like, I know that girl. I know that's the one. And so sure enough, it was you. Yeah. I, I just love that it actually worked out. And I know. Uh, so basically, you can thank me for manifesting your guys' relationship. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I just, I love everything about how you guys met and what you've done together. And um, just to give a, a, another little more background, they had communications classes together. Their worlds kept colliding with sports and their circles got closer. They were connected through their sports, but also through their major and just, they kept circling each other. And tell me about how you guys actually started working together more and becoming more uh, in each other's lives. Because I think that was something about maybe where it sparked a little bit yeah. more of what you decided to do. So tell me a little about it and I'll, we'll okay. get into the sports part if in a second, okay. but tell me a little bit about how you guys connected and, and, you know, started working together in the media communications yeah. world at school. 
I was actually on a podcast with Avery and Anna, and we I we try to talk about like how it all started, but there's little parts I don't remember. We all disagree on who talked to who first. But how I remember is Anna wanted me to come in for an interview at the Omaha Sports Commission to do photos for them. This was the summer going into my senior year, I believe, or like the fall time. And I literally came in with like a printed resume. I was wearing like a blazer. I had never met Anna before. She had messaged me on Instagram, told me to text her. She's like, we need a photographer. I'm like, okay. So I do this little interview. I meet Anna for the first time. end up taking some photos. And then she tells me about women in media. And I believe before I had connected with Avery somehow, I want to say like through Instagram or in Hamilton, which is the athletics study area. And so then I came to their women in media club, which I thought was the coolest thing ever. And I thought what they were, they were doing was so cool. But I'm like, okay, well, I like I'm an athlete. I do sports. I do photography, but I'll just come and hang out. And if they need help with camera stuff, I can do that. And then when I went there, it, it was honestly... I would say that is what sparked the rest of my career. And I tell them that all the time. I don't think they believe me, but it's true because I, it was all females, all of us there, hence women in media, talking about sports. And I, I knew I wanted to be a part of it. I knew that I'm not a much in front of the camera girl, but it, it just kind of stemmed like, okay, maybe I could do something with sports. I want to be a part of this. And I, at the time I was thinking maybe I could run some shows or maybe I could be behind the scenes of, I don't know, something involving sports. Because I just thought what they're doing was amazing. Yeah. I thought they were the coolest people ever. I'm not even kidding. I yeah. thought they were the university coolest people ever. And so from there, I was doing some kind of sports things for Omaha Sports Commission, um, which ended up, we, we can get there later, the Olympic swim trials. From there, we literally did everything together. Yeah. I was there at all the shows. We worked Omaha Sports Commission events together. And that was my senior year that completely switched like my mindset of photography and sports. Once my sport ended, that's going to be really sad. Like I'll keep doing what I'm doing. Maybe I'll work at a marketing agency, stay connected in sports. But like, oh, I wish I could be on a, a show like Anna and Avery. Like, that'd be so cool. Yeah. And Avery said something along the lines of like, why don't you shoot some games here? And I'm mm -hmm. like, well, I can't. Like I practice. Like I don't have time. She's like, well, your season's going to end. Like, why don't you do some baseball games? I don't know. That just wasn't, I was never thinking that yeah. because I was so, so hyper-focused on my sport. I think we all were, but they kind of starting that women in media club, it gave an opportunity to think, oh, that would be an awesome career or not just a career, but like something to be interested in. Absolutely. And then we didn't have that before that all three years leading up to that. I didn't have that at all. We had classes together, but it wasn't like we were talking about sports and yeah so yeah so women in media was a club that they started because of actually because of covid honestly mm -hmm. anna and avery are both broadcast focused and so they wanted to be in front of the camera and they were just starting to do some announcing at games and mm -hmm. covid happened and the next thing you know everyone's shut okay. down all sports so they have nothing to do so they started this women in media club so they could have something to do and they started creating these shows and mm -hmm. it was the way to fill space but also keep building experience at the same mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. and so then it became a thing and you girls ended up killing it for the year you guys had i think in the podcast we talked about this 
with Avery that uh, like Laura Rutledge came on mm-hmm. and Mina Kimes came on. Mm-hmm. It was so amazing. They did these Zoom calls with this, the, the group every, once a month. Yeah. It was just awesome. I'm so glad that you decided to join that and be a mm-hmm. part of that because I have now seen, we're going to get all the things you've done since then, but it's just amazing. And this is the theme of your your life is this saying yes to things. And we'll get into that in a second, but I want to get into the sports aspect. So you were a swimmer, right? At UNO. Mm-hmm. Tell me about starting out. Cause I think there's something about athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm partial to them because I feel like they're my whole family. And yeah. so I know that world. Mm-hmm. Tell me about starting out and what got you into swimming. What was life like as a young kid? Yeah. I, I don't remember when I learned to swim. Like it was at such a young age. I have never remembered not swimming. I grew up an athlete, like all sports. So I played soccer my whole life, but swimming was just a natural talent. I was really young. I did the uh, country club swim team um, and I thought it was awesome. And I was a small kid. I hadn't hit my growth spurt yet. And they wanted me to try butterfly. And my mom, I think my mom was like, I don't know if she can do that. It was older kids at the country club. And I did it beautifully, which that's very outward of me to say. But I remember my mom being shocked that I could do it. Yeah. And I think I was maybe seven, eight years old. And the country club team was maybe some 11, 12-year-olds, like older kids. I remember thinking they were huge. Yeah. And the coach, his name was Dave said we're gonna try this and so I started doing country club swim team did all the relays um I also did the dive team but from there he had told my parents you should try to put her in club Mm -hmm. which was really scary club swimming at the time like that was a big like I was not sure about that yeah and I kind of loved it so I started club swimming at a very young age it was very very intimidating especially because in the summertime, club swimming, the pool is 50 meters, whereas the short course pool is 25. So I was immediately getting thrown into long course, which is scary because there's there's less stops. So it was very scary, but I saw it as a huge challenge and I loved it. And my parents knew nothing about swimming. They did not grow up with swimming. That Both my parents are from smaller towns, like did not have high school pools. And so it was, I think, it just a big learning experience. But my parents are the best people in the world and we're like, we're going to help her and let her do what she wants to do. Yeah. So at the, I kept doing soccer, basketball, gymnastics, loved that, but got hurt. Didn't really ever want to go back swimming. It just it never went away. And they would drive me all over the place for meets and practices. And before I knew it, I was an eighth grader and I was deciding where I wanted to go to high school. So I chose the high school because of swimming. And we ended up, we did Wednesday our freshman year. I was swimming with like some of the best athletes in the state who went on to swim at NC State. Cal Berkeley, KU, just huge school. So we were a powerhouse high school swim team. And then I committed to USD. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So this is another part of the story. It was kind of like the say yes, as, as you're saying how I've lived my entire life. It was like, okay, I want to go to a new state. I want to leave home. I want to go experience this. I went on the visit with my dad, loved it. I thought it was awesome. Um, and for people that don't know, USD is oh, South yeah. Dakota, right? Yes, South Dakota. So they're in the same conference as UNO. And the offer was good. Like, it's close enough to home if you want to get home. Let's just do it. Well, then I started to think more about being in South Dakota. I don't know if I want to do that. So not too many weeks before I signed, I decommitted and called UNO back and said, 
is the offer still available? I want to come to UNL, which I don't know if this would be a good intro, but I also was having a lot of health issues at the time. So I think my parents were worried about me going to a new state and having new doctors and being on my own. So being in Omaha at the time where all my doctors were, it just felt like a perfect fit. I spent some time at Children's Hospital in high school and UNO hockey players actually came to my hospital room with a signed stick. Shut up. That's crazy. What? And I just, I remember I was about to get discharged and my dad was in the hallway and he comes in. He's like, is it okay if they come in? Because they have to ask first. Yeah. I'm just so not in the mood. Yeah. I do not look good right now. Like this is embarrassing. I don't want college boys coming into my <laughs> it was you and a hockey team with a sign stick. I still have it in a puck. No way. And then I think later that year was when UNO swimming became on my radar. I decided uh-huh. against it, but then I ended up. So it, there's so many weird full circle moments that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That is crazy. So yeah, let's tap into that health thing. So do, are you comfortable talking about like sure. what it was, yeah. what happened, yeah. Yeah. what you've gone through with it, like how it impacted you uh, as an athlete? Yeah. All that yeah. stuff around the time I got to high school, I was always doing pretty well. Yeah. And about 14, 15, I started to not look the same in the water. I always looked really tired. I think my parents thought like maybe I was burning out or I wasn't trying or just my times weren't as good. And about age 15, I started having more serious health issues. So I would have really bad stomach pain, extreme fatigue, fevers. The biggest turn was Fourth of July, we always go to the country club and swim all day long. Sure. And my brother had left, my mom had left, my dad was was probably golfing or something. And my mom woke me up in the morning. She's like, okay, we're going to go to the country club. We'll see you there. And I was like, yeah, I'm so tired. Like, I'll come later. And I, I just kept sleeping. And she came back and it was the middle of the day. I was still sleeping and I just could not get out of bed. All my friends are out and I should not be in my bed, obviously. And it's pushing like 2 p.m., 3 p.m., 4 p.m. Like I cannot get out of bed. And we had had all these in and out of the ER, um, just like extreme stomach pain. I just knew something was wrong. And that was like the, I think the big turning point where my mom was like, okay, we like, we got to figure this out. This is not normal. So we ended up going to the ER. I think everything looked normal for the most part, but there was a couple things that were flagged. So then I ended up going to the Children's Hospital Omaha. We drove that night. I remember seeing fireworks out the window. Like I just remember it so distinctively. Something's wrong. Like I should not be in the car driving to a children's hospital in Omaha. So I was there. I was admitted. I ended up getting an endoscopy and a colonoscopy. Um, and they ended up finding that I have ulcerative colitis, which is similar to Crohn's disease. Crohn's seems to be more popular. So I say it's just like Crohn's. And the next step was like, what medications can we help manage this? Basically, help get our energy levels back up. Because when you think about how hard my body's working in the inside, makes me so tired on the outside. So it, it's not like I'm necessarily in pain all the time, but there's so many things going on with my stomach and my body that are, they're working harder than a normal person that it's just like every day waking up, even to this day, is 10 times harder. Swimming, I just remember telling my mom, like, this is so hard. Like, it didn't used to be this hard. And we mm-hmm. thought like, okay, you're, you're getting older. The competition's getting harder. But looking back, I don't know how I was doing it. We ended up trying some new medication and it was a fail. So I failed that. That wasn't helping. So it's kind of like tiers. So the highest tier is an infusion that once you start infusions, you're on them for life, basically. So it helps reduce inflammation in your body. It's technically an immunosuppressant drug. Technically, what I have is an autoimmune disease. Okay. Um, 
which made COVID a whole added us. Oh, I bet. I bet. But it was a lot of trips to Omaha, which I also think the full, um, full circle moments of things, like the amount of times I spent on Dodge in college was less than the amount of time I spent on Dodge in high school. Yeah. Dodge Street is in Omaha for those I don't know. To to wrap it up, basically, I failed so many medications. The whole goal was to not have to get to the infusions because I'm young. I'm in high school. I don't want to be getting infusions. That's a big step. They were really pushing it because they thought like this is going to get out of control if we don't get it under control now. Clearly, she's not doing great. My swimming was not great and my teammates didn't really know so it looked like to a lot of people like she's burnt out she's not really trying sure she's missing a lot of things she's always gone because i was going to Omaha for doctor's appointments i was missing a lot of class um and it has an effect on your social life and your mental health too because you're a young girl and i was put on steroids so my face was puffing up my hair was falling out like there's just there was so many things and so finally i graduated high school I ended up staying in Omaha closer to my doctors and my freshman year of college was really rough. I swam terribly. Like (laughs) it was not good. And it was also so embarrassing. Like I was this new freshman and they had recruited me and I think they were kind of confused. And you can't just stand up and be like, hey, everyone, this is going on with me. This is why I'm not swimming well. It wasn't something that I felt like I should, I don't know, share with everyone. So I ended up now I'm on infusion. So that right after my freshman year, going into my sophomore year, they decided all the oral medications I was taking, it wasn't enough. I tried paleo. I tried different diets. I tried everything and just the inflammation in my body was not going down. So since 2019, I've been on the same infusion. I go in every eight weeks just through an IV and it's helped a ton. By the end of my senior year, I was back to where I was in high school, um, swimming-wise, like time-wise, strength-wise. And I give my coaches a lot of credit because they could have easily cut me and yeah. said, you're not, this is not working. Yeah, yeah. But they they knew about my health issues. I sat down with them. I talked to them a lot. They worked with me and it almost makes me emotional. I have a picture hugging my coach after my last mm-hmm. race, my senior year, going to best time, which yeah. I never thought would have happened. And yeah. she she just, I think, saw something in me like, we're going to figure it out. Like, we'll get through it kind of thing. Um, so Omaha is a very special place to me. It's been a crazy past, I don't know how many years. Yeah. Yeah. So life lessons for you, you have a variety of lessons because not just because of the sport, because of this health issue that you went through as well. Like you have so much to look back on mm-hmm. and pull from both things. So is there anything new on the horizon for what you're dealing with? Like as far as new treatments or just mm-hmm. technologies or studies that they've been able to do something different or is it strictly infusions and that's where you're at right now? Yeah. So now there's basically an identical medication to what I'm on currently. That's an infusion that you take orally. I think it's two to three times a day you have to take it. However, it's orally and you wouldn't have to get the infusions. There's also the current infusion medication that I'm on might be going to a shot to where I could have it in my fridge and do the shot myself, Got it. which is a little scary, but also... I have to drive every eight weeks back home to get the infusion. And I don't know if I necessarily ever see myself living in Nebraska again, but yeah. I love my doctor. He's yeah. amazing. Um, I don't want a new doctor, but that could be something to where no matter where I go, I can have that medication. I, it's not like I have to travel home sure. because that's, I think, probably the hardest part. 
sitting there getting the infusion, it's not the end of the world. Um, it makes me really fatigued afterwards. Like I just don't feel real well, kind of like flu-like symptoms a little sure. bit. Uh, yeah. So there's like different tiers of biologics. The highest one has a lot of really bad side effects. The one I'm on, thankfully, the side effects are minimal as far as like just like being a woman. It is targeted to just my gut rather yeah. than affecting my whole body. Sure. Um, and so the progress now is there's more medication options like that. So when I started infusions, there was one that was gut focused. The other ones, how technically it works when it goes into the IV, it literally is head to toe. Yeah. Affects your body. The one I'm on can just somehow, I don't know how, target target my stomach, my gut. So now there's a lot more like that, which is huge for people. Females like me, probably at 15, 16, so that's about the age that that the symptoms really start to pop up. Sure. With females in UC is like about 15. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how it evolves as I get older. I'll always probably have to be on some type of infusion or shot, but there's options for, let's say, the medication that I'm on could eventually turn into a pill yeah. or I could switch to something that's almost identical. Um, I think stress does not help. Stress is a really big trigger. Sure. And... And now I live on my own and I moved to a new city and I started a new job. So there's a lot of transitions and a lot of new things. Um, fatigue is still something I deal with every day. Um, I'm a coffee addict, yeah. uh, Red Bull addict, and it, that's not great for me or my stomach, but I cannot get through the day without some th- sort of caffeine, which is not awesome. But so anyway, that's kind of, um, I guess, yeah, where that all came from. Mm-hmm. So as far as uh, your health, is there anything that you found that you've added in on your own that has helped mm-hmm. with fatigue? That's one thing. I understand that. But like anything else to deal with the stress, is there anything that you're incorporating to try and help with the mm-hmm. stress? So I think having been an athlete in that career ending, trying to find something like workout wise that motivates me was the hardest thing I've ever yeah. had to do. I've always been told, here's what you do. So the, having that freedom of like, do whatever you want it I don't know like I would if I I think Avery and I were talking about this the other day if I could just have my UNO weights card with me every day like that's literally what I would do because my whole life like for the past four years like that's what I did I know so going into a gym by yourself you're kind of like well so what I ended up finding was kickboxing and it took me like two years post graduating I have not swam at all not a not a lap not not literally a stroke of swimming I don't know why I miss it a lot. Yeah. It's just, I know I'll never feel the same in the water because like, your swim shape is the hardest shape to be in. But kickboxing, I think, has been this magical helping with stress. It's super empowering. And there's a studio four minutes from my apartment so I can walk there. And it's awesome. And the people there are so uplifting. I do a lot of journaling. Uh, journaling helps because I think with health issues, especially, you can really get in your own head about things, mm-hmm. kind of like a why me attitude, which isn't fair because there's a lot of people that deal with a lot of things probably a lot worse than I do. So I think writing them down or at least allowing myself to organize my thoughts helps and then go to kickboxing and then they're all, they're all gone <laughs> at the end. <laughs> it settles everything down. Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah. just getting out whatever is stressing oh, yeah. you out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good for yeah. you. I'm glad you've got something that helps you with all that. There's all that part of your story, though, that you haven't even tapped into is is starting the photography stuff that you did because yeah. here you are swimming as a competitive swimmer. You're going through these health issues and you start taking pictures. So tell me about how the photography yeah. thing got started in the first place. Like where did this yeah. passion come from? Tell us that origin story. Yeah. 
My brother was a baseball player. Okay. Football player, basketball. My dad, having been a previous athlete, was the coach, as I'm sure that was your guys' dynamic. Yes, yes. And he had bought us a sports camera to take photos of my swim meets and my brother's mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. He kind of wanted a coach. He didn't need help coaching. So he became the coach. So then we had the sports camera and me and my mom in the bleachers. And I'm at the games, all the games. And I just started messing with it. And I thought it was so awesome. And I had these, looking back, they were not that cool. But I thought they were awesome photos of my brother. And he loved them. He put them on his little Instagram or his his lock screen. And then the other moms would say, oh, can you get number 13? Like just one for a while. I'm like, yeah. Sure. So we'd do that. As I grew older, I was in high school. I did high school yearbook. And I would do photos of games. Like that's how it kind of started. Then it kind of fell off. So sure. how it transitioned a little bit was one of my really good friends in high school wanted me to take her senior photos. She knew that I had a camera. I was like, pretty creative minded. I would always pose them for Instagram photos. Be like, no, do this, do this, whatever. And so I think she knew I could do it. She didn't want to pay for them. She's like, I just want, I want you to do them. And it was really fun. I made an Instagram and posted them. And a couple other people asked me and I still had my brother's baseball family. Can you do our family photos? Or can you really quick, just can you come take a photo of me with my sister for her 50th birthday party just like random things yeah but I would do it and I still was using my dad's camera at the time that he, I don't know what year he bought it oh and all those things are kind of happening as I'm doing high school yearbook so in at our high school probably most high schools you submit a senior photo to the yearbook and there was a lot of kids that didn't turn in photos whether they couldn't afford yearbook photos they didn't want them they didn't really care enough so my yearbook teacher went through a list and listed all the kids I didn't submit them She's like, what do you think if we go pull them out of class and you use your camera and you take a couple of photos of them, they don't have to use their high school ID photo. So I'm like, yeah, like that would be awesome. So I, I did that. And I had completely forgotten about this story actually until last week I was with some of my high school friends and we were looking through the yearbook and they were like, didn't you take that? And it all came back to me. I had completely forgotten about that story. But every day in that class, I would leave the class. I would go get the student. We'd go outside or go to the steps, like somewhere in the high school, and I would take a couple of photos of them. So everyone that year had a photo, and I loved taking pictures of faces and making someone feel good about themselves. I think having a picture of yourself that you like, like there's nothing more empowering or make you feel better than you have a photo and you like it of yourself. And it kind of became a, like obsessed with it, so I really started pushing the Instagram asked all my friends to take their pictures and it just started building from there. So the following started to build. I built a website on my own. I opened a senior application the year after I graduated. So students that were a year below me applied through my website. So I would take their photos and I was a freshman in college. I knew what I I was doing enough, but not really. And there were families that I knew I wasn't very expensive, obviously. (laughs) And I, I just kept shooting. Like I just kept doing it. And it was my main source of income all through college. Like that was my job. That's how I paid for things. I started shooting weddings not long after that. Probably 2018 was my first wedding as a freshman, sophomore in college. Um, and I, I just became obsessed with it. Like it was my creative outlet. I've always been so sports minded and that was my creative outlet. Um, I loved it. it. I still do. Like that's still what I'm doing for the most yeah. part. So when well. did you, when did you switch from the sports camera, the dad camera yeah, yeah, yeah. to your the one you started taking pictures of. Yeah. How did you know what to get? Like, where did you even go? For sure. That? 
so I had my own senior photos taken by a photographer and my mom had reached out to him after the photos and said she's really interested in photography like what would be a good starting camera so really big credit to my mom they purchased a camera for me because they're very expensive and I did not have the money to do that and like saw that it was something that I enjoyed and I got the camera and it was amazing it was so crisp and clear and so high quality that I wanted to use it every single day yeah so that was a a huge yeah like a, like a turning point for you because it was turning like all point. of a sudden you could see what what was possible like oh wait mm-hmm. hold on there's so much more mm-hmm. i can mm-hmm. do here mm-hmm. you saw you had a little glimpse of the future yes with that which is cool yes. yeah and now i see you walk around with this monster camera and the stand and the whole thing like oh my god how do you go from that to that it's insane yeah. what you've learned and this is literally yeah. within five years and i want to tell you that when you were in college and I just learned of you, I found your Instagram and I was looking at your photos. I'm like, oh my God, this girl, she's an athlete. She's in these classes and then she's doing this on the side and these pictures are phenomenal. Thank I was you. just blown away. I just can't believe that you went from like, I had to sound, take a picture of my brother to, oh my gosh, this is something that I love to do. And how cool is it that your book teacher saw this as an opportunity, like let's help yes. these kids out. And it was that little moment where you're like, all right, this feels mm-hmm. good. And I think that's the biggest thing is you you realized how that felt and you wanted more of it. And it's like you had breadcrumb and you follow mm-hmm. the breadcrumb. Mm-hmm. And I love that because I think that's what sometimes people don't allow themselves because it says, does it fit a plan? It wasn't in the cards. It's something that I don't want anything about. But those breadcrumbs, they're there for a reason. It's curiosity. You're curious about it. And it's something that's mm-hmm. sparking something you. Like, I think that's the biggest thing is just follow that because- it's led you to where you're at now. And I'm, we're going to talk about that here in a second. But, you you know, here we are back to you were doing weddings. Again, mm-hmm. you're a college student and you're doing weddings. This is insane. They're probably like, who is this young girl? Is, should she be in the wedding? Why is she taking the pictures, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. insane. So yeah. that became a whole thing. And then the sports came along and mm-hmm. you're doing the sports photography. And let's get into, I know you mentioned this earlier, you went to the swim trials. Mm-hmm. You were hired by the Omaha Sports Commission. Tell me about that experience. I know this is yeah. really impactful for you. Stone trials were in Omaha. It was a huge attraction for the Omaha community. Tell me what it did for you. Mm-hmm. I think this is super important. Yeah. So I had just graduated, just ended my own swimming career. And the Olympic swim trials, which I had attended two times previously in Omaha, they had been in Omaha since I was 13 years old. So I had attended them and it was amazing. And now it was landing on right after I graduated. And the Omaha Sports Commission, who we were all working for a little bit here and there in college, hosted the event. So I had this insane opportunity to be the photographer for the Omaha Sports Commission and have all this access for people making the Olympic team. And I I will never forget it. It was it was like a dream come true. Like these athletes that I have literally grown up idolizing with posters on my wall looking at every single day are in front of me and I'm taking their picture and I was definitely not qualified I will say that there was a lot of photographers there said I saw your pictures though sister and they were so freaking good clearly so let's keep going thank you I just remember thinking like oh boy these people these big lenses working for USA Swimming here I am I just graduated college I'm renting this equipment from the oh, local okay. camera store. Got it. Because sports lenses are different than portrait yeah, lenses. Yeah. Way different. Yeah. So I didn't, I knew what I was doing enough. I was figuring it out as I was going. But a really, really big moment was Nathan Adrian had 
kind of been battling cancer um, off and on. He had some health issues and he was going to try one more time to make the Olympic team. Mm-hmm. He fell short. It was heartbreaking for a lot of his fans. I, w- I always loved him growing up. And he was hugging Caleb Dressel, who's another huge Olympic male swimmer. Yeah. And I was right there and I took the photo. And it ended up being the photo that he used to his farewell to swimming and tagged my photography account. Yeah. Which there's so many photographers there. And he asked the Omaha Sports Commission for the photo because they had posted it and he had seen it. So he wanted the photo. I just could not believe it. Having my own health issues, seeing this comeback, it was amazing for him to even come. He has a really cool story. And the end of his swim career that I had watched for years, I watched the hug, him walking off, never coming back to the pool, and I captured the moment. And that was like, okay, I want to do this every day of my life. Like, there's so much more to sports, which I didn't, I always realized, but not really. Like, you get the action shots. It's awesome. It's really exciting. Sports are amazing. But there's so many things that go on behind the scenes. And I don't know why it never clicked for me because there was so much for me that went on behind the scenes that nobody knew about. And it just clicked. In the moment, I just realized like, okay, there's so many stories to be told in sports. They're people. And they've had these crazy opportunities to become professional athletes living out their dreams. And how lucky am I to be able to be there also living my dream, capturing their dreams. And that was the moment. I love photographing people. I still want to keep doing that. I'm still to this day shooting weddings and high school seniors and lifestyle. But that was the, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get into sports and get my foot in the door. I think Anna, Avery, and I would all see that was probably a huge turning point in our all of our sports careers, media careers. It, it was crazy. Yeah. It was a crazy experience. The pictures I saw, that it was insane. And the people that you saw walking past you, here's Michael Phelps walking mm-hmm. by. And you had... Mm-hmm. The, the announcers and the broadcasters, and they were saying hi to you guys. So they see you yeah. every day and they were like, yeah. hi. Just to be in that environment, just realizing, yeah. wow, to be a part of this mm-hmm. was such a huge thing for all of you. Mm-hmm. It was so cool to see. And the things that you captured and the hug, you had captured Michael Phelps, a hug with mm-hmm. somebody in front of that. There was like a d- big drum of some sort. What was that? Yes. The, the drum I- was what everyone signed the drum mm-hmm. when they made the team. Yeah. There was another athlete, and I really should know the story because that was an also a big moment, who I believe had just made the team. And they were very close and they trained together for yeah. a while. And she, yeah. I believe, had missed the Olympic team the previous Olympics. Everyone knows who Michael Phelps is. When here you guys are watching him within 10 feet of you practically and yeah. taking this picture. Just what a cool freaking experience. And yeah. just think you had to be in Omaha to get that. Because if you had gone to USD, these things would maybe not have happened the way that they did. And then- I think that's important that the full circle story is you were in the hospital mm-hmm. and the UNO hockey players mm-hmm. were going to come to your your room. Ends yes. up, you end up dating a hockey player. Yes. And now you've been yeah. dating for how long? Three, four years now, probably? Almost four? Uh, five, five. Five years? Yeah. So you end up dating a hockey player. It's funny that that became yeah. a big part of your life without yeah. realizing back yeah. in high school that, yeah. you know. That was so I think also he might have been there because I have a photo of the players and me and I think this was not the first time I was in the hospital it was a few years yeah. later I want to yeah. say yeah but one of the players in the photo was a freshman Mason's freshman year mm. so Mason and I are three years apart okay so yeah. he could have been in the next room oh my God. signing autographs That's is so that crazy. just not the That's weirdest so thing crazy yeah. I love that whole thing mm-hmm. so you do the sports commission stuff the swim trials 
And then what happens next for you? So then you're like, what's my next thing? You've graduated. What happens Mm -hmm. next for you? So I stayed in Omaha one year post-grad. So that was like that after that summer of the trials, I kept working with the Omaha Sports Commission. I shot whatever they needed me to, like BMX bike things, a marathon, the Olympic curling trials, which at first I was like curling. That was interesting, but it was cool. It was an Olympic trial event. The athletes were awesome. It was like more lifestyle. They had really cool shoes. They were super fun to talk to. I love curling now. It was awesome. And I just kept trying to shoot things. So I did NAIA basketball, some volleyball, just whatever I could do while still shooting wedding seniors, kind of running my photography business is what I was doing full time. I was applying anywhere and everywhere, any sports internships, photography internships, media, social media internships, marketing internships, anything. Yep. I was and getting you, a lot of notes. And you applied to, I remember this, the Chicago Bears, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You yep. went out there for an interview, you had gotten to that yep. level. So yep. gone out there. Yep. So you were at a yep. high stakes situation. Yeah. Like that one I, was, I thought was going to be the one because I had made it past a few rounds. Yeah. Did not end up being the one, but there was just a fire. I'm like, I got to figure it out. Like I need to, I need to move. I want to do something. Yeah. So I ended up taking an internship with a marketing agency in Kansas City, but the internships like quickly turned into a full-time job. You get introduced to the clients, you work for like a month and then, okay, now you're going to be full-time. I'm like, okay, so that would be awesome. It's not sports. It's just a marketing agency working with local clients, but that was my degree. So you take sure. your photography completely out of the picture. Like that's what I would be doing. Okay. And I was interested in it. I was intrigued. I thought, okay, let's go do that. I want to move to a new city. I'll freelance my photography business into a new city. I'll start shooting weddings here, high school seniors, families, and maybe I'll get into a Royals game or a Chiefs game. Like, that would be really cool if I could get into a game. Yeah. And this is just the weirdest part of the whole story. (laughs) I had moved to Kansas City, which is where I am now. Within three weeks, I got an email from Major League Baseball. I had applied for a couple other things for them, but never that position. So I yeah. knew that it wasn't like a decline or an offer because I had never applied for anything or even recently to Major yeah. League Baseball. Yeah. It was more so for specific teams. And so I thought it was spam. I'm like, oh, that's not a funny joke. Because at first yes. it popped up. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I'm like, oh, whatever. But then I looked up who the email was from and it was the a real person. Yeah. And so I immediately replied and what had happened was there was a position that had opened up. This was end of May. So the baseball season had already been going for a couple months. They needed to fill the position quickly. I don't know how they found me other than I know that there's a local photographer that may have given them my name or mentioned my name. Like this is a new photographer that does some sports. She's in Kansas City now. Or I was also doing some work for the Omaha Storm Chasers. While I was an Omaha year post-grad, that's the Royals AAA affiliate. So either they saw some of my photos of some of the players that had recently been called up. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So I did the interview. I did a, like a couple interviews with the head of MLB live content. I got the job and now I have a full-time marketing job and they were great. And now I have this other opportunity and I'm like, well, I'm going to have to do them both. Yeah. And I was doing weddings and seniors at the time. So I basically had three full-time jobs. And I shot the whole season for baseball, which ended up leading to more things. So you were hired to do the visitor dugout, right? There's a program in actually all professional sports like NHL, NFL, NBA, MLB. 
that it's an LCC. It's a live content creator mm. is what it is. So I'm at all the home games photographing the away team. So there's yeah. always an in-house photographer for the away team. However, I still will cover the home team. They'll ask me for things. I help them, but they already have their full photo staff. So they don't necessarily need me, but I'm an extra person from a different angle. So some of my stuff is still posted for the Royals, but primarily whoever the Royals are playing, anything that's going up on social media, whether it's video, photo, anything, any of their graphics, the series that they're in in Kansas City is all my photos or videos. And then not only is it MLB, then the Chiefs come a knocking. How yeah. did that happen? Yeah, it's it's kind of rude to think back and talk this all out because this past year has been so crazy. Right when I had moved to Kansas City, like a week before, before I had actually moved into the apartment, there was a Chiefs photo summit, which was not that big of a deal. You could go, you could listen to the media team, social media team, the media communications, what it's like to be at the Chiefs. Everyone was there. There's a lot of photographers there. You had to be invited, but you would apply and then you would get the invite. Like it wasn't anything crazy but i just thought that would be cool to go to like maybe i'll learn something they talked about how their social media worked their process it was a cool event and at the end of it i walked up to the chief's photographer and introduced myself because i'm like i'm not gonna not yeah take a chance here and he remembered me because i applied for his internship and he told me no and he (laughs) said i remember you your stuff is great this is what he said i remember you your stuff is great i just figured you'd be too busy that's what he said. And now he's who I work for and he's awesome. And I said, I'm in Kansas City now. Let me know if you ever need help with anything. I'm here. Just let me know. Love to come to a game. I just thought maybe a game would be great. Whatever. This was also before the MLB thing ever happened. I moved here. The MLB thing happened. It was amazing. I reached out to him and I said, hey, I'm working for MLB now. Would love to still come for something in football season. Didn't hear from him for months. Like from sure. May to September, had not heard anything from him. I just thought, oh, that was really cool that he remembered me. Mm-hmm. Felt super honored. Great guy. Learned a lot from the event. And then I got a text or an email saying, hey, can you give me a call? And I was like, yes, I can do that. Yes, I can do that. And he said, can you give me a call? He said, are you okay to do an event with some bigger names that are going to be there? How are you with that? Maybe some influencers. I need your help with this. Is that something you're comfortable with? And I'm like, yeah. He's yeah. like, well, it's yeah. next week. And he gave me all the details. It was the 50th anniversary of Arrowhead Stadium. Mm-hmm. House of Heat was the name of the event. And it wasn't open to the public at all. They've had people flying in. There was Anderson Pock was there. He's a bigger artist, musician. So I did the event. I got there. I was so nervous. But I was working a full-time job. So I had to take off work to go to the event. Yeah, so I literally left work changed in my car went straight to the event worked until like 10 11 and like halfway through the event he was like hey what are you doing tomorrow so the event was the day before the first game of the season i believe it was the chargers last year so i was like uh nothing and i said well i actually have to work like what's up he's like well you should come shoot the game i think he saw what i was doing he's like okay she knows what she's doing liked me enough so I'm like, well, I have to work. Like, I don't know if I can make that work. I just took off work to be here today. Like, I'm not really sure I can do it again. Um, I'm juggling three things right now. He's yeah. like, okay, well, just let me know. I'll have a credential parking pass for you. It'll be left at this gate that he told me, which I had no idea where it was. Yeah. He's like, just come after work. But also keep in mind, when I'm off of work, I'm battling traffic to get there. So I worked the full day. I changed my car again. I had all my camera equipment. I went straight to the game, battling traffic. I 
don't know which gate I'm going to. I carry my roller suitcase around the entire stadium trying to find the gate. Shut up. That's a major feat in itself. So that has all my sports equipment in it and it's very heavy and I have a backpack on. I brought everything. I don't know what I'm going to need. And I got about an hour, but still you're normally there four or five hours before. Like me coming an hour before the game is no one does that. Yeah. It's impossible to get through fans. It was crazy. So I finally get my credential. I still don't know where I'm going. I now don't have time to go drop off my suitcase and backpack in the photography room. And he wanted a aerial shot of the stadium at the highest point of the stadium. Yeah. Because there's fireworks that go off and everyone was probably on the field or doing other things. He's like, if you could get that, he kind of gave me a shot list of some things that he would love to have. So I carried my suitcase up the entire, like the highest point in the stadium through fans with a backpack yes. on as well. Yes. Yes. I got the shot. It was average. It wasn't that great. Like I kind of missed part of the fireworks. I didn't know what I was doing. I thought, well, I'm never going to be asked back again. Like, that was just not ideal. I went after the game. I thanked him. He thanked me again for the help with the event the night before. It was, I couldn't believe I was there. It was crazy. And I guess the intro to getting asked back a few more games last season. As you know, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Ended up being a, a wild season. They won the AFC Championship. I was at the AFC Championship. Yeah. When he needed help, he would let me know, like, hey, can you come? One of the games was on Christmas Eve, but there was a snowstorm, so I couldn't go home. So I stayed by myself in my apartment that whole week, which I had off from work, so I was planning to be home that whole week with family. I decided to stay because there was a snowstorm. I got dinner with Avery, actually, because she was back, and she's like, well, if you need something, like, let me know. (laughs) I can try to give you some food or something. So I, I walked in the snow to a grocery store. That was open just to be there for the game. It was a Seahawks. I just needed to be there. That, that's literally me just being crazy. Like, I can't miss a game. I'm going to do it. So I did it. But I think saying yes and being there yes. and doing well and getting the photos that they needed is I got asked back again to the AFC Championship. So that it was one more game then. And that was the Bengals. That was the AFC Championship. It was freezing cold. It was crazy. The confetti everywhere. I will never forget. Yep. They go to the Super Bowl. And so now this season, I'm more full-time with them, but seasonally, so it's a full-time job for the season. I'll be at all the home games, maybe some away games. We will see. It's kind of a newer position that they're putting me in. I'm going to be more with the owners of doing a lot of their pregame photos that they need. So whoever they have to meet and talk to, shake hands with a lot of high name people. The NFL commissioner was there. First home game. That was crazy. Well, how did that happen? So how did, you, how did you go from just taking photos of the team and whatever to becoming now the Hunt family, like yeah. personal photographer, basically? Yeah. This is what it basically has come down to. Because of my lifestyle, portrait work background, the chief photographer who normally would get their photos pregame, so he'd be running, doing all the warm-up stuff. Then they would need a photo. He'd be running back and forth. And he kind of decided, I don't have time to do that. I need to put someone in that role. And I think he saw me for that role because I had some portrait background not just action shots i know how to post people like it's just like a a wedding classic photo like you get people together everyone needs to be seen that's what a lot of it is and i was like well i still want to do game action like i want to be there telling the stories of athletes and i still think i'm going to be able to do that as the season progresses but this just kind of came like this is what we need so i said yes i'll do it whatever you need me to be there for i'll do it definitely wasn't something that i was going to turn down but it has allowed him to step away a little bit so that he can get the other things he needs to get done because 
in sports, there's so many other things like all the sponsorship. So if there's an ad that comes up on the board, a really scenic shot of the fans cheering where you can see the ad to document that the ad was put up. Like there's so many things that go on on games that have to be photographed that aren't just the touchdowns. It's crazy. And so that's one less thing for him to have to worry about. And I think he trusted me in that position, which is a lot of pressure. It's, it's crazy. They're, they're great. It's awesome. I get to be down on the field. I see Patrick Mahomes runs right by me right before he does his like little pregame ritual. Yeah. Because we stand in the same spot. And it just makes me think like, holy cow. Like yeah. this is just, it's yeah. just crazy. Like five years ago, this would never have been anything no. on your radar. No. But because you said yes and you followed mm-hmm. the breadcrumbs mm-hmm. and you paid attention to what lit you up, what felt like, oh, I want more of this. Mm-hmm. That's where you're at. It's been so crazy because I watch, I watch you go through this through the lens of my daughter and just through your Instagram account. I've obviously gotten to know you over the years, but just how far you've grown as a photographer in a, such a short amount of time. I don't think I would have known that you rented a camera for the Omaha Sports Commission. I thought that was something that with all the stuff that you do, that this was just natural for you. But you didn't let that, like, I don't have a camera for that. Well, I'm going to go find a camera for that. I want to be a part of this. And you didn't let limitations or obstacles keep you from doing something that was lighting you up. And I just love this. And I know that there's so many things. Like, I I think back hearing, oh my gosh, Sydney's at this game. She had to take her whole suitcase all the way to the top. And I'm hearing it from Avery's standpoint. And so she's watching this whole thing as well. And so I've heard a lot of these stories uh, ahead of time because of her being a part of your life. But I am just absolutely so thrilled for you. How old are you? 25? 24. You're 24 years old, even younger than I thought. And here you are. The other question I want to ask you about, though, is, okay, so you're 24 and you're a female Mm -hmm. and you are in a role that people have maybe taken years to get into. Mm-hmm. What's been the vibe towards you? What's been the feedback, the energy that's been cast your way mm-hmm. as you're there? Has it been welcoming? Have you had some struggles? Tell me about that yeah. a little bit. Oh, it, it's hard because I've had great experiences and maybe some not so great ones. At the Royal Stadium, there's an amazing female photographer who was, I think, the one that maybe had passed my name along in the way beginning who, crazy, also has ulcerative colitis and also has to get infusions and we're on the same infusion, which is crazy. Crazy. Just how, like, of course. Yep. And she's amazing and has helped me and guided me along the way and we're next to each other a lot in the the photo while there. And I've just learned so much from her. Everyone there is is great, super welcoming. Everyone at the Chiefs, great, super welcoming as far as photography people. Mm-hmm. I think where things get a little interesting is fans because they paid so much for this this super close ticket and it's right behind you mm. and they don't know why you're down there. You've had some tackling, I take it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They are just shocked that there's a girl down there oh. and will say that sometimes. And even with a camera in your hand and you're taking photos, mm-hmm. but it's still... Mm-hmm. Not enough. Like fans are fans and they're yelling at athletes. Like you see how crazy fans are when they're yelling at athletes. Like yeah. now I'm and now I'm right there. So it had kind of happens to me too sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I also get some interesting messages from people that are maybe were photographers, maybe from some younger girls. Awesome, amazing. I'm always happy to give any knowledge I have. I have a good amount of knowledge, but there's so much more I want to do and so much I need to learn. 
but I'm always willing to give advice. However, some of the messages I get are like shocked that I'm there or are you qualified for that job? I've had that one a couple of times. And those aren't normally coming from the girls. Of course. (laughs) Some sports fans, some people that I knew growing up, went to high school with are like, I think maybe a little bit shocked that I'm in this position that I'm in to be able to photograph some athletes that I get some interesting messages like, how did you even end up there? I never knew you even like sports photography. Do you even like sports? How do you even know enough about baseball? Like worded maybe a little bit differently, but sure. As far as the people that I've been able to meet along the way have all been really great. Yeah. I think in the beginning though, maybe not the older photographers kind of like, okay, who's this young girl that's here? Yeah. She's a new girl. Maybe give me a hard time. But I think as now that I've worked with them, it's my second season with MLB. They've seen my work. They know that I know what I'm doing. I can also talk sports very well. And so when you are able to have knowledge of something, I think you get a lot more respect for it. I have a lot of interesting experiences, a lot of good ones. But yeah, it's it's just a crazy, it's a a place I never thought I would be. So it's kind of hard to navigate like how to answer things and how to interact with people or fans. Like the game that I was carrying on my stuff and walking up there. Do you need help with that? Comments like that. Mm-hmm. Which is like, okay, like I know that I'm carrying a suitcase upstairs. I should not be doing this. However, just leave me alone. Like, yeah, I don't it's know. interesting. I know it's not only that you're young, but now you're a female and doing it. You know, there's two, there's two things. Yeah. I would say counting against you, but you have to yeah. do so much more proving. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which that oh, yeah. sucks. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It sucks, but also probably drives you a little bit too. Like, okay, yeah. watch me. And they feel like that could Absolutely. be a motivator. Yeah. Huge motivator. I think, like you said, me being younger and being a female. If I was younger and male, it might be different. If I was older and female, it might be different. But now yeah. that I got the both of them, it's kind of like, yeah. what is she doing here? Who is that? And just by looking at me, well, that girl obviously doesn't know what she's talking about. She she doesn't know baseball. She doesn't know football. But I think it it, it makes me want to be there so much more because I had a really cool moment a couple of games ago. A lot of foul balls get hit into the photo well, like a lot. Yeah. It's kind of scary. Yeah. And they balance and sometimes I'll catch them and I'll toss them back into the dugout or toss them to the third base coach or whoever it is that needs the ball or just put it next to my foot until sure. the inning's over. Both fans go crazy behind you. Well, give me the ball, like screaming, photographer, photographer. Yeah. And so I I had this one in my hand. And, like nobody was looking for me to toss it to. It's like I turn around because sometimes I'll toss them to a fan. And there was all these older men screaming, screaming. And there was a little younger girl who was wearing a Royals jersey. And I just immediately saw her. I'm like, oh my gosh, for obviously, sure yeah. this is 100% for you. And she was a little bit farther away, so I had to climb up and hand it to her. And I could just see like in her face, like that was so cool yeah. for any fan to get a ball. But we just made eye contact and it was really cool because yeah. I wasn't getting foul balls at games from females. You know, yeah. there's always been females in sports, maybe more so now than there was, but it was cool for me. That is awesome. I love that. Yeah. I think Avery's had her moments like that mm-hmm. too, where there's a little girl yeah. against the glass and she yep. has a chat with her. And next thing you know, mm-hmm. she's buddies. And yeah, it just it's like it's like you see yourself yeah. in the stands. Oh, yeah. That's who you were 10, yeah. 15 years ago and mm-hmm. watching and to mm-hmm. have somebody be that for you and looking out for you. You were able to become what you see out in the world. And, and maybe you were an inspiration to her being there, which is really flipping mm-hmm. cool. Any other experiences? There's a huge experience that happened last week, if you want to talk about that, last Sunday. The only game that's going to matter in this whole year. So let me back up for a quick second. (laughs) Is that Kip ends up getting tickets to the Chiefs game. Avery says that Sid's going to be there taking pictures, which is so funny because Avery had asked me before she came down because Kip was like last minute got tickets. And she asked me if I'm coming because if there's 
odd number. We'd always find tickets. And I'm like, no, you guys go. So I'm going. I haven't been to a Chiefs game in years, like years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she asked me if I'm coming. And I gave her that Taylor Swift gif with thumbs up. And then here we come to the game and Taylor Swift is at this game. And she's like, how weird. I'm not really a Swifty. I'm oh, like, I love her. Has a how person. weird. Yeah, I don't listen to her music at all. And yeah. that's what I sent to her. And then we find out that Taylor's at the game. And so yep. we end up being in the section right in front of Travis's box. So crazy. But yeah, so tell me about your experience with it because you're yeah. taking pictures and all of a sudden you're aware. Tell me about how you found out she was going to be at the game. Yeah, I found out earlier than probably everyone else because yeah. we all kind of had to be aware of what was going on. Yeah. Um. Because there was a possibility that she was going to come to the suite that I was in. It's the mo- it's the most secure. Yeah. But I think everyone kind of thought it was a joke. Yeah. Leading up to the game, right? So like what what he was saying, what people were saying. Yes. yes. It was kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone did. All media people did. All Chiefs people that I was around thought it was a joke. So then it was no. She just landed. She's on her way here, like right now. You need to be aware. She's probably going to come here. Mm-hmm. Stay with. Her no photos until her agent gives you the okay like i'm like getting all these things and i'm like what she like hold on i'm like i thought this was a joke this is this cannot be happening yeah and so she obviously as everyone has seen was in travis kelsey's suite um which was right above you guys yeah yeah at the game yeah and i did not officially meet her yeah but i had a very close interaction with her and you're just kind of starstruck a little no, bit sure. because I I ended up rewatching the game because I do this yeah. most games that I'm in I end up rewatching just because that's what I do yeah and I don't remember who said it but someone had said that this was the first time that Patrick Mahomes was not the most famous person in Arrowhead yes yes and I'm oh like gosh, yes yeah like actually Taylor Swift was there and she's like probably one of the most famous people in the world like everyone knows right. who she is yeah that was just. I mean, I've I've met some other music artists and some people that have come through the suite and just in the past year with interactions, but that one was one where it was with everything that was going around it mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. My phone was just blowing up because everybody knows that I'm there. Yeah, and it, it was it was just crazy. It was a lot that went behind the scenes to get her yeah. up there. Yeah, I bet. Um, there's so many working parts. Um, it was it was a it was an interesting game. I bet. Oh, well, God, I, we were we were watching the game, and then most people in our section were turned most of the time, turning yeah. around and like taking pictures of her and her reaction. So then, I, and then I was like, okay, what's happening back there? And nothing. She's watching the game, but it yeah. just was, in a way, distracting. But it was like also surreal and crazy. And I can guarantee the seats in that section will no longer be the same price that they no. were. No. Because oh. everyone's like, now that they know that's Travis Kelsey's suite, and if she comes back, mm-hmm. then they want to make sure that they're there. It's going to yeah. be insane. I can only imagine what the price of those tickets are. So we yeah. we were the last ones to be in that section for that price, yeah. for sure. For yeah. sure. Just crazy. I wish that it was one of those things where I, uh, my assignment would have been to go take photos. Yeah. Not disappointing. Um, but when you're that famous, there's rules for things yeah. and yeah. photos. So a lot of the photos that you're seeing are from photographers that we're not like contracted. There's a lot of things that go into it, but it was so close. Like I just wanted that that photo. Yeah. But I, I mean, she wanted w- within the suite her privacy and sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, I get that. Yeah. Any other crazy experiences? Any other people that you've met as your job? A lot of like a lot of the athletes that we'll, that I'll talk to, like Jalen Hurts. I had a really cool conversation with him at the NFL 101 Awards. That was um, 
last spring that mm-hmm. I got to do because it was hosted by the Super Bowl champions, which were sure. the Chiefs. Chiefs, yep. And he lost the Super Bowl and he still showed up to Kansas City just a few weeks after literally losing the Super Bowl. And that was really cool. Yeah. The whole place was Chiefs everything. And he was one of the only ones he walked in and did his interviews. And so he, I don't remember what, what award he wanted, but I took a picture of him with the trophy and he thanked me, thanked me for my time, opened the door for me, walking out, just well-spoken. It says something along the lines of like, I really appreciate your time. I know this is a lot of work or like something like that. And it's kind of like, oh, like that was nice. It does take a lot of time and it is a lot of work. And a lot of people just come take their picture and, yeah. you know, walk out. So that was a cool experience. Um, I probably shouldn't be a fan of his because I'm a Chiefs fan, but I am. It was cool to just have like a quick conversation with him and, and feel like he appreciated my time. I actually have a video of you because we went to the game a couple uh-huh. months ago. I don't know if it was a couple months ago to the Royals game and uh-huh. we were in the visitor dugout or called the dugout suites. It was a work event for my uh-huh. husband and you were working and I got to see you in action and it was just so cool. And I have a video of you going out and the shots you were getting and I'm so stinking proud of you. I, obviously, I'm just, I'm like a mom from a distance, but I yeah. just, I cannot tell you enough of how proud I am that you are doing something that's not easy. It's a very hard thing, but you are doing it because you love it and mm-hmm. doing it because it is something that's speaking to you. And I think yeah. as a young person at 24 years old, to know something that you love and know exactly who you are and stand up for yourself and believe in yourself and believe of your worth at such a young age, yeah. I wish I had an ounce of that when I was your age. <laughs> and I didn't. I had no clue. And I'm just, your guys' generation is, I think, so much more in tune with mm. that. And yeah. I cannot wait to see where you guys go with this and, you know, where you're headed. Females in general in this type of industry where there's typically more of a male dominance or uh, even age in your, you know, you've got youth and the female yep. aspect into it. And I'm so thrilled for you because this is something that you are so, so talented at. And someone's recognizing that. That's another thing. Someone's recognizing that and giving you a chance. So t- kudos to the people that have said yes to you as well. They are about no. to find out more right. of what you're capable of. And you're just getting started. So yeah, this is crazy. And I cannot wait for you. all the things you're going to be a part of and what you're doing. It's saying yes right. to the things in and dealing with all the bullshit that comes with it, the comments, the DMs. I've heard it all from Avery too. The things people say to you that they would never say to a male counterpart. Right. It's just insane. And uh, I just commend you for doing it and not letting that shit stop you because yeah. that, that can be, for a lot of people, that can be the end of it. Like, I can't handle this anymore. I can't handle yeah. the comments. I can't handle those things. But you see what's down the road. You see where you want to go. And uh, I just commend you for for saying yes and all the wonderful things that are happening for you. Thank I just couldn't have to a better person. And I'm so Thank glad that you're you. in Kansas City. You're so similar to Avery in the way that she yeah. lives her life and what she deems important. And I'm just so thrilled you guys are friends. Yeah. And uh, if you need anything, you. Oh. you know that we're here. So. You guys are the best. One more comment is all the way back to the beginning of women in media. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be where I am today. Like, And I tell them that and I think, and I already said this, I think that they're like, yeah, whatever, like you you do your thing. We're not a part of it. But truly seeing two women that wanted to be in sports in front of me doing cool things and pushing me to be like, Mm -hmm. you need to do this. You should do this. I mean, it was saying yes and and has ultimately led me to where I am today. So very grateful for Anna and Avery especially. Well, I I think that I feel the same for you because I feel like it's it takes – 
a group sometimes to help you feel the confidence that you need to go forward in something. And having you guys be a part of each other's lives, I think it's a huge part of that. You need a little support because no one else gets it, or you need a little bit of a tough love. You all get it. You're there for each other, which I think is so, so important. I didn't think I asked you earlier is this, you know, you mentioned the little girl in the stands. Avery's had that little girl in the stands watching. Any advice that you would give to the younger girl out there, whether it's regarding sports or following a passion or anything like that? What is something that maybe you wish you would have heard at a young age that you could maybe give to somebody that's maybe listening or a parent that has a young daughter? That's a hard question. I I was really lucky because I had a, a male figure in my life, my dad, that believed in me so much sports related and taught me everything I know. And it was it was so normal, like girls no sports like I was so proud of that but as I got older that wasn't always the case middle school boys like just things growing up um it was weird of me to love sports so much Mm -hmm. wearing a jersey to school I had an elementary school teacher once made a comment of the football player of the jersey that I was wearing Mm -hmm. um and it was my favorite team and I knew everything about the quarterback I was so lucky with with having a dad like I Mm -hmm. do that being a woman in sports it was so that was so normal but the more um, exposure I had to the world and the more exposure I had to people in society, like I realized that is not necessarily how it is. And I think coming from a female that has had hardships and other experiences, it started off that's so possible for me as a, as a kid. Like I'll, I can do anything. Like I thought I was going to be a professional athlete. I'm like, yeah, I can do that because that's how at home I knew that I could do anything I put my mind to, especially in sports. But it's kind of everyone. You that you have an innocent mind as you're a child and as you are more exposed to the world, your thoughts change and your feelings about yourself change and your feelings about your career change. And then it's a lot of what ifs. And I think that's just how it also is being a female. I don't think that males maybe necessarily have that same, as you grow older, your thoughts about yourself change, your thoughts about your abilities change. Am I good enough for that? I probably shouldn't be here. I think my advice would be you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And I think my life and my story has put that into perspective for me, showing up to places when I'm the only girl there or like a lot of the photos you probably find on my mom's Facebook where it's me and a whole bunch of guys. Yep. I don't necessarily notice it anymore because I've worked so much on, on telling myself like I'm meant to be there. And so I think knowing yourself and knowing your craft and knowing like I'm meant to be here, I think that switch in mindset changed everything for me because yeah. it allows me to be confident and when I'm confident my photos are better my work is better when when I'm anxious and doubting myself then it's not good work coming from me so fake that. it till you make it yeah. I don't love that saying yeah but yeah. kind of if you show up act like you're supposed to be there people will take you seriously but truly deep rooted believing that you're supposed to be there I think connecting with other females in the industry has been huge for me absolutely huge having people in your corner. I think as a younger girl, seeing myself now would be really, really proud. I think my youngest self would would be like, yeah, I knew you were going to do that. But my yes. middle school and yeah. my high school self, my college self would not think that. Yeah, and I wish we all had that childlike wonder and belief in ourselves, and we could carry mm-hmm. that through. But of course, society and social media these days, yeah. back probably when your parents and Kip and I were younger, we didn't have that. We had mm-hmm. other things. We had teammates or we had coaches or teachers or things like in our life that would yeah. tell us oh you should quit but to have it on a grander scale where people yeah. are sending you messages via social media or it's a comparison game sometimes you can get out there and look at all, all the photographers out there and you're like who am i so there's a mm-hmm. lot of things that can cloud that so i yeah. think that's really important just to keep tuning in to yourself and mm-hmm. 
and knowing exactly who you are and like, yeah, I've, I've, yeah. you've got there for a reason and now you belong there. And I think that's a fantastic message. Like just believe in yourself and you'll eventually get to prove those people wrong. Right. So I always end with the same question is what is one thing right now that is helping you feel odd, which is, again stands for awake, well, and empowered. What's one thing you're doing right now or experiencing or in your life that's making you feel that way? My friends and mm. seeing them, I yeah. think, as I've said a million times, Avery and Anna, yeah. who now I think by the end of this podcast, everyone is familiar <laughs> with, seeing them and all of us together chase our dreams. I feel like in our 20s, Avery and I, we, we kind of have a thing, like I made a TikTok once that was about being in your 20s mm-hmm. and chasing these dreams. And we went to a farmer's market before Avery's surprise birthday yeah. party. Yeah, yeah. And there was a female with an old vintage typewriter typing poems. Like you stood in the line, you went up, you told her like, this is the topic, you write us a poem. And she wrote us a poem. We told her we're two friends chasing our dreams in our 20s. We gave her like very minimal. We said we work in sports that's it and she wrote us this poem it is just it we both cried and it was the coolest thing because we're sharing these experiences together and and apart and it's just been so cool to to watch them at volleyball like in memorial stadium was the craziest thing i could not be more proud of them and i think just be able to chase your dreams with people that are like-minded as you and want the same things in life as you is just it's awesome i have loved I've just loved it. Like post-graduation, post-UNO, seeing us all. Avery always jokes like whenever I text her, guess what? Like, like always just like, okay. she's like, I never know what it's going to be. <laughs> and kind of same same thing with her. Like I, when yeah. I see a story, like I never know what it's going to be. I know it's going to be something of her, like some interviewing someone saying amazing things. And I'm always retreating all of it. But um, yeah, yeah, I think that would be my answer. Yeah, I love that. I, it is. It's so important to have people in your life that either are dreaming big because you're dreaming big and it helps just knowing someone gets it, knowing someone that understands the hard work and the passion and all the things that you've got going on and what it took to get there and where you want to go and have someone believe in you, but also they're doing their thing as well. So having somebody in your life to either root for them, but also then knowing that they're rooting for mm-hmm. you just as hard. And that's that whole, you know, hashtag women supporting women. You guys, you guys okay. are doing it. And it's just been so fun to watch. And you guys are inspiring me just as much how you inspire each other. So just know that I'm watching too and you're helping yeah. me pursue things because I'm watching these, these young women do it. And um, I've got some years of experience on me as far as life, just the saying yes to myself and being able to pursue something. It's, you're never too late and you're never too young. Just because you're young doesn't mean you should pursue some big stuff. Yeah. Just well, thank you. Oh my this, gosh. Well, this was awesome. Yeah. Thank you for doing this with me. I appreciate it so much. Thank you again for being here. I am so grateful for your time. And if you liked what you heard, please head to where you listen to podcasts, rate and reviews. Please share on Instagram, your social media channels, wherever else you go so we can reach as many people as possible so they can meet these amazing women and hear these conversations. If you'd like to connect further, you can find me over at my website at halliesawyer.com or on Instagram. I'm usually going to be at uh, Hallie underscore Sawyer or The Odd Life, which is this podcast specific Instagram account. All right. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you soon.